You're listening to episode four of the Teacher Innovator podcast. In this episode, we are looking at ways to overcome and deal with teacher overwhelm. Hi, I'm Jamie Hand, Innovation Learning Coach, and I'm a part of a group of innovative educators who are looking to transform the way our students learn and in the process, rediscover our joy of teaching. This is the start of a new conversation about meaningful innovation that authentically transforms the way we teach. Innovation is not something we do, but rather is a way of being. We are teacher innovators, and there has never been a more exciting time to be an educator. I'm glad you're here. So as we said in the introduction, in this episode, we are taking a look at teacher overwhelm and we're sharing some of our best tips on how to work through the overwhelm so that you can be the best teacher innovator possible. Now, when I had switched from classroom teaching to online teaching, one of the biggest things that overwhelmed me was the amount of tasks. I had to do because all of a sudden I had all these students, I had all this grading, I was learning new technology, much of what many of you are doing right now. Because at the time of this recording, we have our schools closed, and you, as teacher innovators, are not only researching and looking up different ways to reach your students, but you're learning new technology. And so your to-do list may be a lot longer than normal or what you are used to. So first, before we go into the tips, let's take a look. Overwhelm is actually pretty simple when we break it down because overwhelm is simply a lack of prioritizing your workload. So when we are feeling overwhelmed, it is because we have all this work to do and we don't really know where to start. We know what we should be doing, um, but we're just feeling so caught up in all of it that we can't even begin to get started. Hopefully this thought can help put you at ease right away. That overwhelm is simply a lack of prioritizing. So if we start to break down what we need to do and prioritize, that automatically is gonna help you with that overwhelmed feeling. So here are the steps we recommend going through when you're trying to break down and prioritize your to-do list. So the first step is you wanna write down all the tasks you need to do. What does that include? Grading, phone calls, uh, making videos, uh, reaching out, calling students, emailing parents, attending staff meetings, whatever it is that you need to do, go ahead, take just a couple minutes. Don't overthink it. Just write down everything that you, off the top of your head, that you have to get done. Then once you have that list, take a look at it. What are some of the most important or urgent things? Things that have to be done right away. Then take a look of what are low priority tasks? What are tasks that you don't necessarily have to do um, today? 
And then look at what you have in the middle in between the tasks that are super urgent that have to be done today and the tasks that you can maybe put off until a further date. So now you have all your tasks written down. You have highlighted the ones that are super urgent, must be done immediately. And you have circled the ones that you can kind of put off to a later date. They don't have to be, there's no certain deadline for those tasks. Now take a look at your whole list of tasks. And what we want to do is break them up into daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. So we are going to reorganize what we have to do into what do we need to do daily, what do we need to do weekly, and what can we do monthly. Now, as I said, at the time of this recording is when all our schools are closed, and this list probably looks different than it did a month ago, and that's okay. But just take the time right now and go ahead and organize what are tasks that you must do daily. So this could be tasks that involve um, helping your students move forward in their learning. It could include checking your email. These are all tasks that you know you should be doing daily. Then let's go ahead and make a list of those tasks that we can do weekly. So this may be grading. This could be making videos for your students. This could be actually creating the content or lessons and also could involve your staff or team meetings or even a classroom meeting. So think about what are those tasks that you do about once a week. And then we have our monthly. Now, as I said, at the time of the recording, not only are our schools closed right now, we really don't have a whole lot of time left in the school year. Most schools are in their fourth quarter of learning. So when we're talking about monthly, we're talking about the bigger picture. So this would be a step back and looking at your curriculum overall. Where are your students at? Are there any additional standards you want to address before the end of the school year or whatever period of time you're in when you're listening to this? So this is kind of stepping back the bigger picture of what are tasks that you can do monthly then. And at this time of the year, you may not have as many monthly and that's okay. But really, we want to focus on those tasks that must be done daily and then those tasks that you can do weekly. And once we've broken up our to-do list of tasks into daily, weekly, and monthly, now we can go ahead and make a schedule. So if you are just recently switching to online teaching, I definitely encourage you to make a schedule. I and We talked about this in our um, previous episode, in episode three, but you definitely want to chunk your time. And so you want blocks of time where you designate this block of time, I'm going to be checking my email. This block of time, I'm going to be grading. This block of time is our weekly uh, staff meeting. So once you have your tasks broken up, you know daily, then all those daily tasks you are going to put on your schedule. And I have done this before in a spreadsheet. So you can use whatever tool works best for you. If you're a pen and paper type of gal, which 
normally day to day, I do enjoy my paper planner and I use that a lot. But sometimes when I'm making just this overall general block of time calendar, I do it on a spreadsheet. And in our show notes, I'm going to share an example of what my schedule looked like when I first started to do online teaching. And just know, though, it may look different for you. It is just a starting point where then you can take the ideas and make it work for you. Now, other things I suggest you include in the schedule when you are working from home is you want to designate times of your home task too. So this could be um, include laundry. This could include your lunch time. This you could even get real specific and put drinking water. You may have to block out time for helping your children with their own schooling. I know right now I'm having to balance not only my work, but then also supporting my three children as they are adapting to their uh, at-home learning schedule as well. So you may even want to make a separate list of everything from your home life and everything that you do throughout the week and add that into your schedule as well. So pretty much your schedule is going to start to look, um, it's going to get filled up. So just know that is though, don't start feeling overwhelmed on me. Remember, because we're going to prioritize and we know which tasks are the most important, the most urgent ones that we need to do. And it is that prioritizing then that helps negate the overwhelm feeling. So one recommendation I do have is when you are filling out this weekly schedule and you're blocking your time, um, for example, with grading, some teachers may want to grade daily. That may work for them where they grade daily. Other teachers may want to do something where they only grade on the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so they can get all the grading done throughout the week. I would not recommend grading on the weekend. Now, there are times where if that is the best time for you because you're busy helping your own children and Saturday morning's the only time you have to do that, then yes, make that work for you. But overall, generally, I would tell teachers, you want to end your day on Friday and be able to walk away. Because when you're working at home, you see the computer, you get notifications still on your phone, and it's harder to walk away from it. Whereas when you're teaching in the classroom, you leave on Friday, and even if you take a teacher bag home with you, you have physically left the building. And so there is a disconnect then, because you know you are walking away from your classroom for Friday to enjoy the weekend. And when you're teaching from home, you don't have that same feeling. There isn't really that disconnect. You may leave your office, but your office may be in your dining room or it may be in your bedroom. And so you can't just disconnect from it as easily when you're teaching in the classroom. So I would suggest keeping Saturday and Sunday open for your home and personal um type of things that you want to do and leave all the grading and all the other tasks for during the week. Okay, so just to review what we've covered so far is one, you're going to write out all the tasks that you need to do. 
Then you're going to break them up into daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. And from there, you're going to go ahead and make a schedule. Now, the other point I want to stress about the schedule is that it's going to be flexible. Yes, you are going to put maybe a block of time where I check email three times a day at these times, but something may come up and you may have to send an email outside of that. That is fine. Be flexible. Give yourself that grace to know, okay, it's okay if things don't go exactly to the schedule. In fact, um, even with my own children, I don't even use the word schedule. We use the word time block. So, because I know if I, um, I made a little uh, daily schedule for my kids since we are learning at home and I am trying to balance work. So they understood when mom was working, when we we're doing schoolwork and when it was playtime. And so I keep calling it a time block, though, because I know on there it says lunch. And if they see 12 o'clock lunch, they're going to expect lunch directly on the dot of 12 o'clock, which I cannot guarantee that lunch is always going to be ready at the dot of 12 o'clock. So that is where I call it a time block. And I am teaching them that sometimes we have to be a little flexible. And yeah, lunch may be at 1220 one day, but it's okay. So give yourself that room, that grace, that flexibility, where if you do get off schedule, it's okay. And another thing to add to that is I know as a teacher innovator, you strive to do your best, but just remember that 70% done is better than 100% perfect. So what do I mean by that? I mean, if you spend all your time just trying to be 100% perfect, like for example, say you're doing a video lesson and you keep kind of stumbling over your words or you mess up and so you keep redoing it and redoing it and redoing it. Well, then you're using up your block of time that you've allowed for creating your videos and you are taken away from finishing the task because you're striving to make it perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. If you have given it your best try and it is 70% good enough, then go ahead and be done with that task. We don't, we're not striving to be perfectionists here. We are striving to be the best teacher we can be, but that does not mean we have to be perfect. In fact, right now, as I'm in the middle of recording this, my long guys have shown up and you may hear some background noise, but this is the time I have allotted for recording this episode. So I'm going to keep going and I'm just going to publish it as it is. So you don't have to be perfect. Just get done what you need to get done with your best work possible at that moment, but don't get hung up on being perfect. So after you have made your schedule or time block, the next thing we want to do is try to stick to it. Now, we just talked about being flexible with it. Give yourself grace if something happens and you get off schedule. Don't beat yourself up over that. We just adjust and do the best we can that day. And then know the next day we can start again with a fresh, clean slate. 
But what I do want to suggest is that you work on one task at a time. And this is where creating that schedule or time block can help keep you on track with that. So if you are in your 30 minutes of where you're checking email, you are only checking your email. You are not checking your social media feed as you're in your inbox. So just know when you create the schedule and block of time, like if you are grading for 30 minutes every day, then during that 30 minutes, grading should be the only thing you are working on. Now, I do get if you are working at home and you have your own children, we sometimes do get interrupted. But this is also where you can teach them, hey, mom is going to be busy until this time. And then after that, I can help you or answer your questions. So by having that time, that block of time, not only the people around you and your family know that for that time amount that you are going to be busy, but you also know that that the task you are working on for that time. Because what happens is if we have our email inbox open as we're trying to grade and we're trying to um, keep up with our teacher friends that we may be messaging or communicating with and our brain is going all different it's going all over the place as we try to keep up with all the different tasks. And they actually have a name for this. They call it context switching. And it is, there's a whole science behind it. I did not look up the stats um, to share, but If you are focused on one task, you can get it done much quicker than if you are context switching, which is moving between um, tasks and trying to do everything all at once. Because it really is a myth that we can focus on more than one thing at a time. Really, our brains are capable of focusing on one thing. You, and so we want to take advantage of that where you focus on your task, complete it and get it finished. Or say, for example, you have a lot of grading to do. And so you have 30 minutes of grading. Well, then even if you don't get through all the grading, you know, at the end of that 30 minutes, you're going to turn off the grading and move to your next task. Because what happens is when you're online teaching um, or just teaching in general, no matter what time of year you're listening to this, but our teacher to-do list is ever growing. Rarely does it ever get smaller. And so just know like with grading, for example, there's always going to be more stuff to grade. It never ends. It's the never ending cycle of grading. So that's where you know um, if you have your block of time grading and then when you're done with that, you walk away from it. But because you have your schedule, you know that you can finish the rest the next day or on Wednesday or however you have your schedule blocked out, you know it will get done, but that doesn't mean it has to be done in that moment. So to wrap up, you want to focus on one task at a time and you can use your schedule as a tool to help you do that. Now the next point I want to talk about when we're talking about teacher overwhelm is how we are using online resources. Now, I know on social media, there are so many ideas. And in this time of online teaching, where many of us have had to change our teaching, um, our whole teaching style basically overnight, is that teachers have really come together and are sharing resources and 
there is just a multitude of resources you can find, whether on Pinterest or online or social media. So just know you don't want to get lost in that sea of online resources. I know how easy it is to go to Pinterest when you're looking for one thing. And then three hours later, you know, you have cookie recipes, you want to redo your living room. Oh, and you found that science investigation you were trying to find. So I know how you can easily lose your way uh, through the Pinterest black hole of ideas. But just know that all of that Pinterest, um, searching online, social media, it can easily eat up a lot of our time. So that is another thing you may want to add into your schedule, that kind of planning time where you do give yourself, okay, I'm going to take 45 minutes here and just allow myself to kind of brainstorm, search through social media, see if there are any new ideas that I can use to benefit my students. So just being aware of social media and how much time we actually spend on that um, can help you find more time to do some of those tasks that have to be done right away that are urgent or a higher priority. So just something to think about there. Okay, and the last tip for dealing with overwhelm is take a moment and be in gratitude. And this, I think it works for any feeling, whether we're feeling anxious, uncertain, overwhelmed, is if we just stop for a minute and are grateful for what we have in front of us and it start small. It could just be, I am grateful that I am still able to keep in contact with my students, or I am grateful that my school and the teachers I work with, we are doing everything we can to keep the uh, school year going. Whatever it is, it could be as simple as, I am grateful I get to be home with my cat or dog, or I am grateful I get to spend this additional time with my own children, or I am grateful I have this cup of water that I can drink. If we can really just have a moment and be grateful for those little things in our lives, then that kind of helps us get put everything back into perspective. So when we a lot of times when we get into overwhelm, it's the, it starts small and then it starts snowballing from there and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we have all these big feelings and feel very anxious and uncertain and we don't know what to do. So that is where not only following the tips here that we've given you, but then also what can you be grateful for? Okay, so to wrap up what we've talked about, when we're feeling overwhelmed, we want to prioritize the tasks we must do. And this includes breaking them down into daily, weekly, monthly, and creating our schedule or time block of everything we know we have to get done. And so we can make sure that those urgent tasks get done when they need to be done. So creating a schedule. Then also though, realizing it's okay to be flexible with it. Remember 70% good is better than 100% perfect. And we want to be mindful about not getting lost in the sea of resources online and social media, as well as Pinterest. And our last tip is just take a moment to be grateful. What are you grateful for in this moment? Okay, our tip takeaway this week 
is exactly that, taking a moment to be grateful. We have a reflection sheet that you can download and print or just look at and just take a moment and reflect on what does, what are you grateful for in this moment? I know we are in this time of uncertainty. We don't know what the future looks like ahead, but that's okay. It is okay. We don't have to know, but we can appreciate where we are at this moment. So just take a minute, wherever you are right now, and just think, what are you grateful for in this moment? All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and happy innovating. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Teacher Innovator Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, then please give a five-star review as that helps us reach more teacher innovators like yourself. Thank you so much for listening and happy innovating.